Hallelujah. I want to talk about something very important here. Today, I want to talk about apostasy in the church. Hallelujah. So, the book of Luke, chapter 18, verses 7 to 8. That's really our opening statement. So that we can see what the Lord himself spoke about it as an opening statement. That now, henceforth, we understand the seriousness of this phenomenon. Hallelujah. The book of uh, Luke chapter 18, verses 7 to 8. And it says, And will not God bring about justice for his chosen ones, who cry out to him day and night? Will he not bring them justice? Will he keep putting them off? In other words, ignoring them. Hallelujah. And he says, verse 8, I tell you, he will see that they get justice. <laughs> and quickly, full stop. However, when the Son of Man comes, will he find any faith on the earth at all? You can read the whole thing to the church. Actually, it begins from verse 1, really. This widow kept going to an evil king seeking justice evil that king was evil he never had any fear for the lord and then he disregarded human being people and so this widow kept going to this king seeking justice please help me please help me i don't know what it was maybe the land my land has been taken look my sons look my neighbors injustice please help me until one time this king said okay enough is enough i'll now give justice to this woman and he helped the woman and so the lord jesus was bringing this to your attention he was saying if an evil king can bring justice to this poor widow, widow this woman how much more you are god unto his beloved in fact he calls them his chosen ones meaning the holy ones the righteous ones how much more Jehovah, the righteous God of Israel? How much more justice then? However, when I look at the happenings, when I look at the happenings in the hearts of men, surely, 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 when the Son of Man comes, will he find any faith left here at all? Did you understand the whole thing? I'm using this to define to you apostasy. The Lord is saying that apostasy is the falling away from faith. Let me put it better. I have started by saying apostasy is the falling away from faith. But listen to the second one. The second one says apostasy is the falling away from true faith. True faith. Now he says true. True faith. Hallelujah. And so the Lord himself, seeing what would happen at this time, in the church and in the world, he lamented. He said, wow, with all that when I come back, will I ever find anybody with faith still remaining, left here, or reigning here? Hallelujah. James chapter 5, verses 8 to 9. Still working on the same, the same pronouncement of Luke 18, 7 to 8. James chapter 5, 8 to 9. And he says this. You too 
be patient and stand firm. You too, be patient and stand firm. The same message keeps coming through. Standing firm and persevering. You too, be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near. Do not grumble against each other, brothers, or you will be judged. The judge is standing at... He's still talking about the same thing. He's talking about the falling away from faith. But in the process, you begin to understand that he's saying that there are those who would stand firm and persevere. Persevere to the end. That is what I'm trying to bring out. Because he asked, when the Son of Man comes, will he really find anybody here with faith still remaining? And the answer is no, definitely. The way he asked it, the answer must be no. Why? Because of these things. Only a few would be able to stand firm and persevere. Another scripture, precious people. Mark 13, 13, right there, the one I was talking about. When you will know how the devil brings apostasy to church, you will tremble. And you will decide, that is it. It's done. I will never be apostate. Mark 13, verse 13. He says, all men will hate you because of me, but he who stands firm, even unto the end, will be saved. So the message he brings through is standing firm, even unto the end. The failure of which, can I discuss the failure a little bit? Now look at this. Man, man is born to worship. Let's just begin by that. All man is born to what? To worship. Meaning, to have faith in something. Man was created to worship, to have faith in the Lord. But in the absence, if you fall away from that true faith, in the absence of that faith in God, there is a void that normally perpetuates, survives in the soul of man. I'm talking about men and women. And that void demands that at least you worship something. It begins to demand that no, you, at least you have to have faith in something. Hallelujah. Can I give the example here? Just imagine you are in Lake Victoria, an ocean also. That has no islands. And you are fishing there at night. And there is no island. Nothing. And then. As you are fishing in the night. You are staring at this gross darkness of the ocean. Do you know what will start appearing to you? Do you know what will start appearing to you? Now look at this now. You are sitting at home. You are waiting for a guest. By night. And that guest comes driving. Must come driving. So every time as you sit there, you, say, hey, hey, shh. Yeah, you keep hearing things. Understand? If you don't hear the real vehicle, at least one has to hear something. Did you understand now? Hallelujah. In the ocean, if you don't see islands and you're in pitch darkness, then you will start seeing things that appear like islands. Yeah. I'm saying those are islands. That's not islands. No, no, it's not. 
And then the waves that move, you see fearing that someone is talking or something. Oh yes. That is how man is created. Either you believe in the true God that is our Lord Jesus or look at this now. When you close your eyes then you start imagining. You now start imagining some things. You say, oh, I, you can see, or whatever. You start imagining, and that becomes superstition. Then you begin to believe in another. Oh, yes. Listen to this now. Oh, what the Lord was saying here is big. That if they will not have faith in Christ Jesus, the Messiah, then they will believe another. And that's why we're discussing apostasy in the church. The believing of another. Okay. Go on at home and read also 2 Timothy chapter 2 verses 8 to 13. And further on you can read Hebrews chapter 10 verses 35 to 39. So now, that is it. So you can read those for your introduction. Can I now move to something else? A little bit slower introduction but still at the same place. In a different tinge. Now look at this. When did the apostasy begin? When did it begin? Apostasy began in heaven when Satan disobeyed God. Apostasy began in the kingdom of God in heaven when Satan all of a sudden revolted from the Lord. And what transpired henceforth from there remains as a stern lesson, as an admonition to the church today. Rebukes the church today, warns the church about the dangers of the wounds of apostasy. Apostasy began in heaven, but what happened to Satan when he dared go into apostasy should remain as a lasting lesson to the church today on the zero tolerance that heaven beholds unto apostasy. He's saying apostasy began in heaven when Satan the enemy rebelled from the Lord and the consequences of doing that in the throne of God, in the kingdom of God should remain as a lasting warning unto the church on the perils the dangers of apostasy and hence the consequences and the zero tolerance that heaven beholds on apostasy hallelujah let us just read the scripture right away revelation the book of Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. I told you, it's going to start now. We're beginning now to move a little bit out of the introduction, but not yet. We need to get very deep to it, that when we understand it, then we'll flee from it. That is the purpose here. To run away from it. Because you wonder, how do the other churches sustain such apostasy? Sometimes you wonder, right? I like the, hey, <laughs> yeah, which is true. Because when you look at what they're going through, you're like, couldn't any one of them even stop the others and tell them, guys, this road we've taken is a wrong road. 
Can we stop and head this way? Yes, we are going to crash. So this is it. This is explaining everything here. He's saying the gravity of it has not been underscored. Oh, yes. Revelation chapter 12, verses 7 to 12. Then he says, And there was war in heaven, full stop. Michael and his entourage, Michael and his angels, fought against the dragon, and the dragon and his entourage, his angels, fought back. Listen. In other words, he's saying, a serious clash, a serious fight, a serious battle ensued. Which goes a long way to tell you that whenever apostasy shows up, whenever this phenomenon called apostasy rears its ugly head in the church, shows up in the kingdom of God, the armies of God, the people of God, are called into a severe battle. You are supposed to stage a serious fight until you neutralize the devil. Until you neutralize the threat. Neutralize is the word. Meaning, finish anything from it that can rear its head again. Did you understand where the church got it wrong from? It was not meant for handling. Don't worry, I'm handling it. Don't worry, leave it to me, I'll handle it. And the next thing you realize, your hands are bruised. Ah. Meaning, we are supposed to stage an outright battle against apostasy. The moment it shows up, and I'm glad I'm talking to you. Because you are the ones to understand this. That any time you detect any sign of apostasy in the house, rise up with the armies of God and fight it and neutralize it immediately. Meaning if you leave it, it grows like a cancer. I'm going to tell you how it grows later. Hallelujah. He says, and Satan, you see that, with his angels, fought back. Wow. Claiming the kingdom of God. Isn't that very shocking? Fought back, meaning laying claim. Does somebody see that in church? Does somebody see that in church? That he comes, he does not stake the fight in hell or wherever. He comes to stake the fight inside the kingdom of God at the center where the throne is. To lay claim. And that's what the pastors in the big churches out there have not understood. That's why they can allow the women walk naked there. You would rebuke it. You would fight it. You would stage a battle until you neutralize the threat. Oh, I wish they knew what I know. No, don't worry. I'll talk to her. She did that. Okay. Uh, mm, really? In that wedding? You mean she put on very short dress, eh? Mm. But, but I was there also. Oh, okay. Okay, then leave me. Uh, let me see. I thought I was there. Okay, then I'll, I'll leave it to me. I'll handle it. Eey. Have you seen the attitude? Eey. He's almost trying to refute. Eh? To defend it, eh? <laughs> Hallelujah. Then he says, Satan fought back. Verse 8. But he was not strong enough. Ah! 
Never. Never. He was not strong enough. He said, it's alright. He fought back. However, he was not strong enough. And that should help you as a church. That whenever apostasy shows up, however ugly, you should understand the basic principles here. That he is not strong enough. <laughs> to prevail. Hmm? He says, verse 8. Verse 8, he says, But he was not strong enough, and they lost their place in heaven. Ah! I said, the consequences that accrue from this kind of rebellion in the kingdom of God, from apostasy showing up, the consequences which we are seeing, and then thrown out, you see, you see, and they lost their place in heaven. The consequences should remain as a lasting lesson to this church. But never try. Never entertain. Please, just neutralize, be smart, is the word, be smart, and move on. Because it says, has no place in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. He said, has no place in the kingdom of God. But can we move on now? And he says, they lost their place in heaven. The great dragon was hurled down that ancient serpent called the devil or Satan who leads the whole world astray. He was hurled to the earth and the angels with him, his angels. Ah! That should stand as a lasting lesson to this church. Hallelujah. He says, has no place in the kingdom of God. That's why the brief that sent me was for rebuking sin. And every nation on the earth is always saying, please, may he send his prophet to come and rebuke us. Why? Because has no place in the kingdom of God. Hallelujah. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, precious people. Now you understand why I came rebuking? And I'm still rebuking like I began yesterday. Hallelujah. But this is very wonderful. Because then you understand the gravity of apostasy. This church globally, you know, you look at the apostasy on TV. And you're like, oi. What? Oh, but but how, can you, how can you allow him to say that? You're almost like, oi. Why didn't one stand up and rebuke it? So you see now, the consequence should teach you that zero tolerance to apostasy. The consequence, that's what I meant. We are still moving on to verse 12. And he says there, now you see what he says there. Then I heard a loud voice in heaven say, Now have come the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ. It says, for the ancient of our brothers who accuses them before our God day and night has been hurled down. Hukochini was not told, please leave, please leave. No, it was a violent act. Oh yes, a violent act to express the abominable nature of what it was. And all the way down. So, precious people, there you go now. You see, in the beginning now, as we move with this ship, I'm trying to move the ship from the shores now. I'm trying to head slowly towards the high seas with this ship. But before we get to the high seas and pick the high speed, you now see that in this introduction, the man of God is telling you that apostasy actually began in heaven 
and immediately started, he was hurled, hurled is the word, cast out of heaven in a violent act. You understand? And heaven was purged off apostasy. And that means if there's anybody of you who is aspiring to enter the kingdom of God, if you ever aspire to enter the glorious kingdom of God, then he's saying, make sure you read yourself off apostasy. Because it has no place. They lost their place. It has no place. The bearer, the beholder of it, had no place. Lost place. It has no place in the glorious kingdom of God. We are beginning with gravity. The next thing I want to share here is this. From heaven, thrown down. Now listen to this. The second place, the next place where apostasy showed up is in the Garden of Eden. The Garden of Eden. We all remember what happened there. So he's saying, apostasy as a matter of fact resurfaced in the Garden of Eden when Eve erred in embracing satanic words. She erred embracing satanic words. The words of Satan, those are satanic words. Hallelujah. She erred. She made a grave error. And of course, that brought the consequence. You see, death came in and everything else. But can we read the book of Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 to 6? Genesis chapter 3, verses 4 to 6. You will not surely die, the serpent said to the woman. Those are the satanic words. Eh? For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. When the woman saw that the fruit of the tree was good for food and pleasing to the eye, meaning the first sin, the first entry there was last. Lasting of the eyes. The lasting of the eyes. You see that? Hallelujah. You see how apostasy comes in? <laughs> and pleasing to the eye and also desirable for gaining wisdom, she took some and ate it. She also gave some to her husband who was with her. And he ate it. You see the beginning of apostasy? So that was in the garden. So when he was cast from there, then the whole decay again resurfaced. And in this ministry, I have come out very clearly on Enoch, the gospel of Enoch. And I've said, that the Lord used Enoch to reassert, to reemphasize, to reestablish that the blueprint, the plan A in the Garden of Eden was supposed to work. In other words, it works because it is his plan. That when Adam and Eve would walk in righteousness and obedience in him, with him. That's why you see Genesis 3.8 in the cool of the day. You hear the footprints of the Lord. They had the Lord wah, 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 walking. God was walking with them in the cool of the day. He walked with them when they were not disobedient. So the Lord intended that when man would walk righteous in the highway of righteousness, then death would not be factored in. Death had no place in the original blueprint. But when man fell, then death came. Apostasy came. Then death came. So you are beginning to understand that the consequences of apostasy is death. It's not even a joke. 
This thing you see somebody coming to church and lying. That thing is not a joke. The consequence of that thing is death. That thing you see somebody coming in church in a short miniskirt and lifting a leg like this before the pastor's here. That thing is not a joke. The consequence of that decay is death. Did you hear me well? Oh yes. Right from the beginning. We must understand it. That thing you see when they dress their children funny, funny, they're Christians, tight trousers, young. Short skirt, tight trousers, what? That thing they do to their children, the consequence is what? Death. Oh yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah.